You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Well, let's get into training this morning. You with me? All right. Uh, I'm going to do a quick review here. Um, You educators can help me with this. One of the best forms of teaching is repetition. So I want to make sure that you get all of this. There are a lot of things that we've been, help me, trying to do that we actually should be, we should be training to do. Now, a big part of training is consistency. Because if four months ago you bought some sweatbands and some new tennis shoes and went to the gym one time, you are not in training. You trained, but you are not in training. What makes the difference? Consistency. Consistency. Doing the right things consistently. And this all brings us to spiritual disciplines, which I'm going to unfold some things on that this morning. But how many of you know we should be in training? And what disciplines do as we train, they help us to do something as we continue to apply the discipline. They will help us to be able to do something that we currently cannot do. Or also, they will help us to be able to do something at a higher level than what we're doing right now. So all of us are lifelong learners. I said all of us are lifelong learners. Even if you're you're not, as of today you are, okay? We're shifting gears. Don't you just float down the lazy river of life and be brainless and mindless, you know, because, you know, that's a whole other sermon. But we're, we're in training. Everybody say, I'm in training. Well, there's somebody else who's in training. That's my little grandson, Gavin. And he's uh, almost 14 months. Incidentally, this Wednesday is my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, sweetie. Happy birthday. I got her a lawnmower. She's going to love it. No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, Yesterday afternoon, my daughter-in-law, Katie, sent over on the phone a little video of Gavin... And she put, I guess he's still in training. So I thought that's all I needed to attach it to a sermon. Okay. So here's just a little quick video of uh, Gavin yesterday. Gavin. That's no, no. Oh my God. Gavin! Somebody clogged the toilet, huh? That's... Ew, okay. (laughs) So Gavin's in training. (laughs) But you know what? Alicia and I were talking, I guess this is the defensive grandparents. We thought, that's pretty smart. (laughs) Kind of put the two together. Okay. We are in training. We apply spiritual disciplines that are going to have an impact in our life. And again, this is review here. That will cause an increase in our life that we will be more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. This does not happen by just trying. This is a result of training. However, this is not the goal. This is a byproduct. This is what happens along the way that as you apply the disciplines that we're talking about from scripture, what will happen in your life is these levels will come up of being happy, more stable, more fruitful, more blessed, but it's always for a purpose. And the purpose for all of this is, is what? 
so we can be a blessing. But even that is not the whole purpose. The big purpose is this, is that we would what? That we would glorify God. And that should be your prayer as you start every day. God, help me to glorify you today. You go to a, a meeting appointment and interaction with somebody. God, I want to glorify you in this. I want to glorify you in this. And uh, you're not going to be able to really glorify God by just loving Jesus. Okay? You're going to have to do some things. We're not earning anything. We're cooperating. We're aligning ourselves with God. And as we do these things... Um, All of this process will take place in us and then also through us. Now, the disciplines that we've looked at so far, and I won't take the time because I have so much to cover this morning. Actually, we're going to take two weeks on the topic that I'll be sharing with you this morning. But um, we've looked at study related to God's word. And as you saw on the on the spotlight video earlier, um, we put together a little thing because we spent total about four weeks between Sunday and some Wednesdays or weekends and Wednesdays um, on how to study. Because here's the thing about most of the spiritual disciplines all our life. We've known. I know I'm supposed to study the Bible. I know I'm supposed to pray. I know I'm supposed to. The problem is we know we're supposed to, but we didn't know how to. And so we have to learn how to. And so how to study the Bible. Then we looked at prayer. Then we uh, did a combo one week of solitude and fellowship. And then last week we talked about serving. And you really need to go back and hear these again. Go over these. And we've made that so easy for you to do. Everything from uh, iPhone, iPad, Android apps to online to in print to just uh, CDs. There's a million ways um, for you to kind of go back through and make sure that you get these things. Now, there are what are called classical lists of the spiritual disciplines that some people much smarter than you and I um, put together and put them in some categories. And essentially, it boils down into this. You have the disciplines of engagement, things you do, and you have disciplines of abstinence, things you don't do. How many of you know that if you're in training, think of training for a marathon or sporting event or something... If you're in training, there are some things that you do because you're in training. And there's some things that you don't do because you're in training. You all with me? And the same is true as we're training in godliness and and growing in the things of God. Uh, But what I want to share with you today is not on either one of those lists, on the classical list. But we're going to certainly add it to our list and we'll get get to it uh, here in just a second. So it is important for us... To apply these disciplines, again, the key word is consistency, consistency in it. Now, here's the one that's not on any of the list, really, but I feel it's not only uh, important, but it's also powerful. And so let's look at this as, as a discipline, as a spiritual discipline, our words, our words. How many of you know that we, uh, we need to handle our words a little bit better than we do? 17, 18, okay, good, good. I know you're with me. I, I do this. I provoke you so that you stay with us because my goal is you're going to get this message. Okay. We're going to get this message. Now, words are incredibly important as all spiritual disciplines do. They affect us in these areas. When we're in training, they expect, they affect how we think, how we speak and what we do. And, and how you think, how you speak, and what you do determines outcomes. 
Those are the outcomes you can, con- you can control. How I think, how I speak, and what I do, and I get an outcome. How many of you have had some outcomes as a result of how you think, how you speak, and what you've done? Come on, get with me. How many of you have had some bad outcomes because of how you thought, how you spoke, how you did it? And, and good as well. Those are the outcomes we can control. We also have outcomes that we can't control. But we have to respond to those. How do we respond to those? With how we think, with how we speak, and with what we do. So you're going to have things that you are able to direct an outcome. You also are going to have things in your life that's like, well, I didn't plan on that. You know, um, I didn't do anything for this to happen. Or where did that come from? Or wow, I never would have voted for this. And then you have something going on in your life. Well, now you have to respond to that. And you respond with how you think, how you speak, and what you do. So this directly is right in the middle of that, of our words and how we speak. And your words are incredibly important and incredibly powerful. Let me read a couple of verses here for you. Ephesians 4.29 in the Amplified Bible. It will be on the screens for you. It says, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever, say ever, ever, ever come out of your mouth. But only say only but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace god's favor to those who hear it the message bible puts it this way watch the way you talk let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth say only what helps each word a gift James 3, 5, also in the message. And I have a lot of scripture this morning. It says, a word out of your mouth, say my mouth. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Our words are powerful. Own up to that. Our words are powerful. Now, in James, and I'm not going to um, break all of this down right now, but in James chapter 3, I'm going to give you the short on this for the sake of time. It talks about a horse and it says a big old horse can be turned by a small little bit in its mouth. And then it says, and a great big ship can be steered wherever the captain wants it to go by a little rudder. And then it says in a body, if you could control the tongue words, you could control your body. And so Going on with this, your body, and and let's get this in order. If you could do this, you could do that kind of thing. If you're able to do that, then you're able to do these. And if you are able to control spiritual discipline, if you're able to control your words, then you're going to be able to control your body. You're going to be able to have great control in your life. James goes on to say that if you, if anyone claims to be religious, but he doesn't bridle, say bridle, he doesn't bridle his tongue. Now bridle, how many of you have horses, mess with horses, ever seen a horse? Okay. Um, What is the bridle for? What is the bit for? It's for control. It's for control. Am I right? Come on, help me out horse people. Sometimes I'm out of town and I tell people, yeah, we got a bunch of horse people in our church. And they go, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> they got long hair. And, 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 no. We know. We know. I have to explain for others. Um, 
But you have to, all of that is to control the horse. And it says, if any man does not bridle his tongue, his words, his religion is useless. It goes on to say in James 3, 8, that no man can tame the tongue. So here's the takeaway. Since we cannot tame it, it must be bridled. We can't fully break it and tame it. It's been called this, the monster that lives in the cave underneath your nose. And you never just can just let it go. You know what, tongue, you've been so good. Today you can say whatever you want. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Life will go nuts. And so it's a powerful thing, our words, and it must be, our tongue, our use of words must be bridled. It, there must be spiritual discipline applied to this because it is so, so powerful. If you're with me, say something, grunt, do something. All right, good. All right. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of of sin and death. Everybody say law. law. Law really represents power. If there's a law, it's either uh, limiting power or giving power. The law does that. And it says that there's a law of life. And there's also a law of what? Of death. Then we look in Proverbs 18 verse 21. And it says this. Look at the verse carefully. It says, death, come on, look at, death and life are in the power of the, okay, let's read that again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So there are laws, there's powers of life and death. And guess how you turn them on? Words. You turn on, and, and I'm not talking about, this is not just living and dying. This is not like, you know, uh, heart healthy and, and all of that. And this is, you know, you're, you're dead, dead physical. This is, not, this is not physical here. Although I think it, it will ultimately have some impact on, on those things. But this is, how many of you know that a business could be dying? Or a business could be thriving? You with me? A relationship, so so on and so forth. So there are laws. Everybody say it again. Law. There's law. There's power of life and death. And the scripture says that that power of death and life are in the power, the control of the tongue, your use of words. So how you use your words, you're either going to turn on the power of life or you're going to turn on the power of death. Amen. And let me get this out of the way real quick, too. I, I, I said it later in the other services. We're not talking about name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. We're talking about we're the only created thing that has the power of choice and use of words. And God used words to create everything that is seen. He upholds everything that is seen by the word of his power. Words are powerful. Words are super powerful and we have to apply some discipline to this because listen to me, it does matter. It's not it don't matter what you say. It does matter how we use words. Can I get an amen to anybody here today? Now, again, I read this earlier in James 3, 5, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything 
or destroy it. You know, coaches, you know, we're starting football season and coaches, what do they do at halftime? What do they use in the halftime locker room? What do words teachers going back to school? What, what do teachers use words? What do parents use words? It's all over the place that words impact us and words are going to bring life or death. They're going to, they're going to cause something to be accomplished or they could actually destroy something. Words. When I was just a little kid, um, honestly, it doesn't seem that long ago. (laughs) Really, it doesn't. It wasn't. I was in, I played cap league baseball and they had a pitching machine. And nowadays a pitching machine has like these wheels and, and it shoots them through and they're real accurate and everything. Back then it had this long metal arm. How many of you guys remember, remember this pitching machine and the ball would drop and then it would go, and I think it would growl at you and, and then it was, and it was super fast and not real accurate. And I remember watching my friends get beamed by it, you know, and. And then it's my turn up. And my dad came to practice and he kind of helped to coach a little bit. My dad died in 1996 and dad was an awesome guy. Um, And he came to my practices and helped to coach. And we played in the yard all the time. So I could hit a ball, I could throw, I could catch and all that. But this machine freaked me out. And then I had an older brother and older brothers always are going to embellish stories. One time I saw that picture, you know, and they'll, they'll go. So by the time I get up there and it's my time up in the batter's box, I'm just like, I can feel my whole body just freezing, you know, it's just, you know, and they're going, all right. And I can see that machine and I close my eyes. <laughs> but I hear my dad, my coach, and I swing. So I, so I swung. And, and I didn't hit a thing. And probably, you know, the ball was way past me before I even started to swing. I heard a voice, my dad said, good swing. Good swing. That went on a couple more times. And now I got one eye open. Getting a little closer. And my dad's like, oh, that was so close. When you connect, oh, that's a hitter. And I hadn't even hit the ball. Well, that happens a couple more times. Guess what starts to happen? Before you know it, I'm hitting. I'm not afraid of this machine. I had a friend. His dad also came to practice. He got up there to bat, swinging a miss. He said, what is your problem? You call that a swing or am I wasting my time coming out here for this to watch you do that? Come on, son. He never hit. I hit. What was the difference? Words. Come on, words. Let's take it internal. Let's not talk about coaches and teachers and parents and different things. Who talks to you more than anybody else does you do? What are you saying to you? A lot of what you're saying to you is brain garbage. 
brain trash that other people said to you. You're this, you're that, you're never that. You'll never blah, 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 blah. Or by what they did or didn't do, said something to you. You with me? And then you talk to you. Some of you can't even look in the mirror right. Because it's like... We can't go into some settings because of words. And that internal dialogue that's going on that's built on all kinds of other stuff that have been said or should have been said or we wished had been said or why did they ever say that? And it impacts us. Words, listen to me, words are powerful. And if we don't control words, we're going to mess a lot of things up. And if we'll get a hold of words in the right way, you're going to be able to change some things. You're going to be able to change some situations. You're going to be able to change some lives. You're going to be able to change you because of the power of some words. Amen. Now, when we talk about words, I'm not just talking about not cussing or not cursing or not saying bad words. That's a given. Let's, let's just be honest. Let's be real, okay? And, and if you let a few slip here or you throw them on purpose, I mean, I'm not here to condemn you, but come on. Come on. Ephesians tells us too, it's not becoming a child of God. That's not fitting. Do you know how that literally means? It's not fitting. It means it doesn't fit you good. It does not look good on you. Presto, well, I just say this. Well, cut it out. But that's not what I'm even talking about. I think that's a given. And as far as saying bad words, I said a lot of bad words as a little kid. Because grandpa would get half looped and say bad words and everybody laughed. Grandpa taught me a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so I'd say stuff and, and my mom and my dad, they said stuff. They got mad. This is all BC. This is before becoming crazy. They'd say stuff. They got mad. I just thought that's what you do. And I had an older brother and I had all kinds of stuff going on in our life and our family and everything else. And so I just said, said stuff. Plus I'm a hitter. (laughs) But my mom wouldn't put up with it, even though she said those things. And so her cure, ivory soap. (laughs) Why the moan? You know. And she'd take that big bar of white ivory soap. Not a new bar. Bar had been sitting in that little tray with some water. You with me? It's ivory meringue. Okay. Open up. Open up. Uh, open up. Uh, you open up. Put that thing in about halfway. And you're like. And then the whole while she's telling you why you shouldn't do this. And and you can't answer her back. Where did you ever hear that in the first place? And, you know, grandpa, you know, but. uh. And then on the way out, just kind of pulls it down a little bit and scrapes out on the bottom. Don't spit, don't swallow. And you're like. All that being said, I don't have any problem with cussing. I learned. Now, I have a problem with ivory soap. <laughs> I don't have any problem with cussing. But that's not what we're talking about. I mean, I think that's a given. That's a given. We should, 
It's not fitting. It's not becoming. Let's, let's get rid of all that. What I am talking about is godless and faithless words. Godless and faithless words. That you would have words as if you had no God. That you would talk hopeless and talk worry and fear and complain and words of doubt and unbelief and critical and mocking and negative and hateful and murmuring and just, you know, everything's going down. It's just going to get worse. Those are godless words. Those are hopeless words. Those are words that you really do not want to be turning on this law right here. You don't want to be destroying things by your words. Instead, you want things to thrive, the right things to thrive. And much of it has to do with our words. Can you say amen? amen. Now, 2 Corinthians 4.13, and we're going to spend more time on this next week, but I need to get us just to a point here. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, say spirit of faith. faith. Say it again, spirit of faith. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, David said this, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also, what? Believe Believe, and therefore speak. speak. Notice the connection here. You believe and you speak. What do you speak? What you believe. So you better be sure what you believe. Now follow this. It's called the spirit of faith. I had you repeat that a couple times. The spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. James says, just as the body without a spirit is dead, so also is faith without works is dead. Jesus taught several places that, and and Paul as well, that it's the spirit that gives life. Alicia and I and my stepdad were standing with my mom, June 12th, 1990. In her living room, in a hospital bed, when she went to heaven. We're standing there, holding her hand, holding her arm. And when she left, the Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What's absent? What's present? The spirit. The Greek word for spirit is pneuma. It also means breath. And when she breathed her last... And don't tell me because I was there. We were there. When she breathed her last, we felt her spirit leave the room. You can, you know, a a live person, you can be concentrated on something and feel. Not just hear, but feel somebody leave a room. And we felt her spirit leave. When the spirit leaves, the body is dead. Because it's the spirit that gives life. You with me? It's the spirit that gives life. Do you know why you're alive? Because your spirit, man, that is in you. Amen. 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 Now, whoo, boy, we could teach for years. Jesus, give us years to, to get on this. Um, so it is with faith. If faith is going to be alive, faith has to have a spirit. And we just found it. The spirit of faith, the thing that makes faith alive Is the spirit of faith. And the spirit of faith is we believe and therefore we speak. Say it. We believe and therefore we speak. That's what gives your spirit, your, your faith rather, life. And listen to me. You've got to have strong faith. We are in a crazy, unglued world. And you've got to have, and forgive me for saying this, but it's a 22nd anniversary and I don't really care. You've got to have some kick butt faith. Not this, not this pansy pale, 
little faith that stuff is coming and things are bad. <laughs> but a faith that something comes up and you go, what? Where? 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 You gotta have SWAT team faith. Just just what? You're you ready? Where? Serious. And that's not going to come by you not watching your words and constantly turning on the law and the power of death over situations. If your faith is going to be strong, if your faith is going to be alive, if your faith is just shall live by faith, we walk by faith, not by sight. This is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Then you better have some faith that has some traction, some strength and can handle stuff and help you to overcome. But it will not happen just because you love Jesus and find your row every week. In your day-to-day life, you're going to have to order your words. And your words are going to have to come from what you believe. And you're going to have to settle what you believe out uh, out of God's word. Believe it, speak it. That's how you even get born again. You believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. And again, this is not name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. This is Bible. And this is faith that you're going to have to have. But words are so important in this, so connected to this, they will make all the difference. Words are to your faith and to your hope what thrust is to an airplane on takeoff. And you don't start and stop on, the, on that runway. Because you never got, God is good. Oh, I'm so scared. Are y'all with me? Push it forward and keep pushing it forward and keep trimming and we're, and we're going to take off. And you got to have that. Listen, but here's what we do. We keep starting and stopping, starting and stopping, and we're going to have to just go for it and keep feeding and fueling this and keep your faith and keep your hope. Say hope. You got to keep your hope alive and never, never look at me, never use your own mouth, your own words to speak against your own hope. What are you talking about? What do you hope? Let me tell you what hope is real quick. Hope is a picture. It's a blueprint. It's an idea of what is desired. What do you hope for you? What do you hope for your marriage, for your health, for your children, for your neighborhood, for your finances, for your, if you run a business, for your business? What is it that you hope? Why don't we turn on then the law and the power of life for this and not speak against our hope? You know, I'm just, I, I speak over a lot of things in my life. You need to. Speak the words of God. Well, you can't speak the words of God. Yes, you can. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Terry, throw that up for me. He himself has said, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Look at the next part here. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Here's the principle. Here's the principle. And we'll get into it much more next week. Because he said it. I can boldly say it. He said it. I can boldly say it. So stop turning on the law of death over your business. There's no business or your job. I can't find a job. There are no jobs around here. Slow Cala. It's just going down. Blah, blah. Do not talk about my town. Do not talk about where God has called us and planted us. Don't be turning on some laws of death. Prosperity, blessing, protection, favor, increase. What about your children? Ah, they're just brats and rats are going to end up in prison and terrorists and Hush! Hush! 
They're blessed. They're called. They're gifted. They make a difference in the world. They're protected. They have favor. God will use them. God will help them. Our neighborhood has just gone down the drain. No, my neighborhood is safe. And it's getting safer all the time. And it's blessed. And good people are moved to, motivated to move in there. And our people take care of their stuff. And, and I mean, whatever it is. Are you getting this? Yes. I'm just telling you, my body's just falling apart. Falling apart. And we, 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 we got to make some decisions here. Are you all with me? we got to make some decisions here. I got so much to share and I'm just totally out of time. Let me just kind of wrap it up this way. James says this book of James blessing and cursing should not come out of the same fountain. Bitter and sweet water should not flow from the same, same spring. Salt water and fresh don't come from the same place. It's like going to the convenience store and them serving gasoline and slurpees out of the same nozzle. Y'all with me? What do you need, gas or Slurpees? <laughs> One nozzle. We, we do it all here. But we're living our life this way. Y- y'all with me? I, I just got to finish with this. Discipline your words. And realize that your words are going to turn on a law and release a power of life or death. Do not use your own mouth to speak against your own hope. We're going to get into this more next week. This is too important and so powerful. It cannot leave it undone. And if you have nothing else to say, Proverbs 30, 32 says this. If you devise evil in your heart, put your hand over your mouth. Sometimes you just need. Well, I'll tell you. You say, well, that's too obvious. People know I'm covering my mouth. Then, Then look distinguished. Because even a fool is counted wise when he keeps his mouth shut. Let's don't be a fool. Fools pour forth foolishness. And the mouth of a fool is always near destruction and ruin. Let's use our words right. Keep the law of life turned on in your life and for everything you hope, everything you're connected with. Amen? We'll get more into this next week. you get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thank you, Lord.